Howdy, everyone. My name is Madeline Onstott, and this is the very first episode of the Start Where You Stand podcast. Start Where You Stand is a podcast that's going to be dedicated to you, the individuals who have an abundance of ambition and untapped potential that simply need some direction and a place to start. In this podcast, we're going to explore optimal performance strategies, knowing yourself to lead yourself, and the routines, habits, and mantras of high performers in various fields. All of this information is intended to equip you with the tools and resources necessary to tap into your human potential and accomplish all of your desires. The Start Where You Stand podcast serves to identify your next steps of learning and practice in order to cultivate character, develop your leadership ability, and reach that next level of achievement, whatever that looks like for you. This podcast is going to be broken down into two categories. We have our interviews and roundtables which are more Socratic dialogue style and informative and action-based episodes on modern high-performance research and identity mapping. This episode is dedicated to providing context as to what this show is really about. And as we build out your high-performing team, it's important to know how each of these episode types are structured. So let's first dive into our interviews. Our interviews are going to be conducted with high performers from various industries who have shown to be successful in their field of study, their finances, their career, their personal life, their interpersonal lives, etc. What we deem as high performance is relative to the individual and field and will be contextualized at the beginning of each of those episodes. On this podcast, though, we were inspired by Swarbrick's Eight Dimensions of Wellness model. And the Start Where You Stand podcast has developed what we call the seven dimensions of optimal performance. I'm not sure if you guys have any familiarity with with Swarbrick's model. I was introduced to it in one of my kinesiology and cultural wellness courses here at Texas A&M University. And it essentially breaks down the eight dimensions, eight integral aspects of what makes up a holistically well human being. And we did this whenever it came to optimal performance and your leadership ability. So our seven dimensions are career direction, identity mapping, commitment, scheduling and planning strategies, physical health, financial wellness, and of course, your leadership development opportunities. We touch on each of these aspects or each of these dimensions and the same series of seven questions that we ask to all of our high performers and you can find those attached in the footnotes below to inspire conversation and reveal techniques that you can adopt in your personalized high performing routine which we're going to spend time building out here on the show. When listening to these high performers and inspiring individuals, please take note of their personal habits, their routines, their personality types, their life mantras, their testimony, etc. They have a ton of great advice, and all of these are insightful tools to help you during your self-improvement journey and to help you maximize your human potential. Before we analyze what our second type of episode will look like, I realize that I've been saying the coined phrase human potential a lot, so I wanted to provide some context as to what that means. So the human potential movement actually started back in the 1960s, is the latter 1960s, but in layman's terms, human potential is the capacity of one's mental and intellectual capabilities and then achieving what is beyond what is thought to have been possible through studying, training, and deliberate practice from a very individual lens. 
When looking through an operational lens, though, this is important because when you're operating at 100% efficiency, the company that you work for or the job that you're doing, you're more effective at it, um, and they can be more profitable. And then looking at it from an intrapersonal lens, whenever you are in alignment with yourself and are fully confident in who you are and what you're doing, it decreases your stress, it increases your optimism, and of course, increases your opportunity and performance. So what does maximizing human potential tangibly look like? Well, it requires being present-minded, establishing your priorities, honing in on your strengths, assessing your current results, building positive, fruitful habits, and then focusing on what you can control, your perspective and your response. And I realize for many of you um, that you've, you may have never even interacted with any of those elements or they've been overlooked in your day-to-day or narrowly defined, disregarded altogether. Um, but don't worry. Here in this series, we are going to take the next few episodes and spend quality time learning about what these qualities look like in your life, how you can operate, and establishing your own core values to help accomplish your human potential. My goal in this podcast series is to make this information as applicable and tangible as possible. So that's why we're going to be including after action items on each of these episodes that you can apply to your personal routine or an idea to help open your mind in some department to build out your unique high performing routine. This leads us into what our second episode is on Start Where You Stand. These are the informative action-based episodes on high-performance research, and then, of course, identity mapping. It's only whenever you finally understand who you are, not who the world thinks you are, not who your mom and dad wants you to be, not who your friends think you are, that you are ready to tap into your unique human potential. Socrates is the first individual to coin the phrase, know thyself. This concept dates all the way back to ancient Greek inscription. The injunction of know thyself has actually encouraged people for generations to engage in a search for self-understanding. The phrase was actually carved into Apollo's temple at Delphi in Greece, according to legend. That's for all my little history nerds listening. However, very few nations and people have really explored or prioritized this concept. For more than short seasons, it's really hard to do. So Sigmund Freud was inspired by this, and he's a well-known Austrian neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis. There's a lot of criticisms in regards to some of his work pertaining to sexuality. Attempted refutations and qualifications of Freud's work has remained powerful even after his death and after people have really pushed for his work to be removed from psychology teaching. Freud actually contributed to the Know Thyself Socratic discussion whenever he spoke on the concept that civilization is constantly being recreated and every individual, young and old, has to work their way up to becoming civilized, wise, and high achieving. Therefore, the long-term project of achieving self-knowledge is a task for every individual in our population. No one's given it at birth. It's not. And automatic achievement. Everyone doesn't receive a trophy. It's not like having a high IQ or colored eyes. Continuing to beat on that drum, you have to remind people of the importance of that, and it's something that we're always going to be doing. Exigently, this should encourage us to buckle ourselves in on our right of introspection and maximize our opportunity and our God-given human potential. So in this podcast, I'm well aware that there are numerous learning styles that I want to 
um, be able to accommodate towards. I constantly battle this truth in the classroom as information is presented to me in various ways, not always effective. However, the same technique may prove to be prosperous for my colleague sitting right next to me whenever I don't exactly take in the information. My goal is to provide the best information and takeaways from these episodes in a format that will be applicable to you and your learning style. So if you ever have any suggestions or critiques, feel free to visit our website and let us know in the Google form. So you may be wondering what inspired this podcast. Well, in order to fully captivate our why, I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I was born in Fort Worth, Texas to a family of Aggies, whoop, um, and they're also additionally entrepreneurs. They started businesses whenever I was really young, and I knew that I wanted to role model my life after their instances as well. And so I started making businesses whenever I was able to walk, really able to speak even and engage with people. I made business cards for babysitting. I was doing bracelets for charity. Um, You name the business for a small child to do and get their hands on, and I probably did it. And I knew that this was really odd compared to the rest of of my peers. So by the time I reached middle school, I knew that there was a change in my academics that needed to to occur in order to continue developing uh, my human potential. That's whenever I started researching into business-specific high schools, and I came across V.R. Eaton's BME Academy. BME Academy stands for the Business Management and Entrepreneurship Academy. This program, um, as described, would give me insight into every area of business. Um, I'd be able to compete against other students in, in business competition, travel the country, and develop my leadership skills. And that, to me, sounded like an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So I remember creating this PowerPoint and presenting it to my parents, encouraging them to just let me transfer districts. Little did I know the process was actually going to be quite rigorous for me to get in. Um, VR Eaton was in its first year, the year that I was going to be a freshman, um, and it was already at its maximum capacity. So I was going to have to apply as an out-of-district transfer and additionally apply to be entered into this this business academy. I was actually one of four that was ultimately selected, um, and I knew I wasn't going to, to take that opportunity for granted. So my dad sold his business around 2015, and that M&A process really inspired me. I started digging deeper in my classes um, and wanted to come up with a business idea that would not exactly be the next iPhone like Steve Jobs. I wasn't an innovator in that context, but I could definitely do a service. Um, and I, I wanted to, to revolve it around M&A. So as I was developing this business idea and, and talking to my peers and taking on different internship opportunities, people were kind of astounded at how far ahead I was um, compared to, to my peers whenever it came to my career, my personal development, etc. And I kept getting the statement, man, I wish I had those opportunities, or I, I feel so far behind. I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, or how did you end up getting your stuff together? And I really wanted to help. Um, something that you'll, you'll ultimately come to find about me is that I love helping people and, and helping them understand themselves to be um, able to maximize their potential and their circumstances. So I really 
utilized those statements and took them to heart, and that led to the genesis of this podcast. So before we wrap today's episode, I wanted to prepare you for what comes next. I've conducted a lot of research over the last seven years into various personality tests, strengths, and emotional intelligence assessments, their value, their efficiency, their relevance, um, and I can include a list of quite a few in the footnotes if you guys are interested, even the ones that we won't tap into and the intentionality of their design. But on Start Where You Stand, we're going to rely on your results from Myers-Briggs, commonly referred to as the MBTI, Enneagram, Strength Finders, and Love Languages. If you're familiar with these inventories, great. If not, I'm going to briefly describe them and their design and purpose. So for Myers-Briggs, the purpose is to raise awareness on your own preferences, to recognize where the other styles could add value, thinking about how you could do this in your life. No one style is better than any others. So an understanding of all increases flexibility and adaptability. Myers-Briggs can be broken down into 16 personality types and eight fundamental attributes or polarities found within an individual. We have extroversion versus introversion. That's where you source your energy. A good example that I love to to give whenever I talk about this is I'm an extrovert. I source my energy from crowds and discussions with people um, and being out and about. My sister, on the other hand, her name is Sydney. Sydney is the definition of a stereotypical introvert. She has to re- Um, energize herself by camping out in her room after social events or outings with family. So that that's the difference between introversion and extroversion. Next we have intuitive versus sensing preferences. This has to do with like your learning ability. Are you more tactile and hands-on or more visual and auditory, etc. Then we have feeling versus thinking which is how you source decision making and then judging versus perceiving. Um, which has to do with deadlines, whether or not you are a procrastinator or um, a diligent to-do list (laughs) go-getter. So on our next episode, we're going to take that assessment and then we're going to break down what you need to further know about this inventory and how to maximize it when building out your high-performing routine. Next, we have the Enneagram. The Enneagram was originated in 1915 by a, a philosopher named George Gordeff, and it wasn't until the late 1960s when these nine specific personality types were placed within the Enneagram diagram by Helen Palmer. So the Enneagram personality assessment works by sorting people into nine different types. The goal is to give insight not only into an individual's unique personality, but also to provide valuable information on how to better relate to other individuals. The test creates, honestly, a a meta-awareness at the level of motivation. Um, it helps to increase consciousness and confidence and enables individuals to, to clear core emotional in- issues. And then it provides a framework for understanding functional and dysfunctional behaviors that stem from our core motivations. The reason for my selection of this test specifically is because of how dynamic the results are. Enneagram is a great tool to identify our behaviors, especially in stressful environments, so we can help navigate those more efficiently in our day-to-day. 
The third inventory we're going to be looking at today and identifying is Strength Finders. The Strength Finders inventory was developed by educational psychologist Donald Clifton in 1999. Party like it's 1999. Clifton creates the online assessment tool called the Clifton Strength Finders that focuses on 34 themes that make up the user's personal personality, um, and it's divided into four domains of strategic thinking. That's relationship building, influencing, executing, and then strategic thinking. So the, the Clifton Strength Finders assessment is rooted in and based around neuroscience, a specific discipline studying the structure, development, and functions and the genetics, of course, of the brain through the use of cognitive MRIs. Neurologists can actually see the activity in the brain, which is so unique, when subjected to certain stimuli. Gallup has conducted so many studies over the nuance concept of emphasizing and developing these unique strengths rather than developing your weaknesses. And the philosophy of this inventory opened my mind in its entirety and served as a valuable tool for me whenever it came to learning my own self. So I believe that it'll be a valuable aspect of yours as well. Last but not least, we are going to be touching on the five love languages. The five love languages are a unique assessment because what it taps into is where we source our appreciation from. Um, I got accustomed to the five love languages initially from my mom, and she gave me this book, thought it was something that, that I would ultimately be interested in, but little did she know that it would just spark a fuse in me about an interest in what drives us to feel appreciated or for others to feel appreciated and how we're inclined to give love, how we'd like to receive it, and the same goes for other people. Um, so love can be a scary word, especially in the workplace, and, and you might be curious whenever we start diving into what these five are as to how, it's, how it can equally apply, but essentially, whenever you can figure out how someone feels appreciated or how you feel appreciated, um, you can encourage higher performance. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. And we're going to touch on these again in a later episode to help discover who you are and, and map essentially that identity to help build out our high performing routine. As we go into the next episode, feel free to familiarize with yourself with any of these inventories and philosophies because our first action item is going to be to develop a unique meta-analysis of your leadership style, your ambitions, your core values, and then holistically your identity to lay a proper foundation of research, reflection, and introspection to help, quote-unquote, know thyself, which are two very important tools to learning, to believe, and to trust in yourself. This document will ultimately serve as an outstanding reference document as we move into high-performing interviews and our informative episodes. Um, and I am nonetheless super stoked and excited for you guys to tag along with us on this journey. In response to that statement that I constantly got from my peers earlier of where do I start, I want to, to take a second to answer that right now at the end of this, this first episode. It is never too late to start getting your shit together, and you can start wherever you stand right now. As my dad loves to say,
It's not how you start, it's how you finish. This is Madeline Onstott signing off of today's episode of Start Where You Stand. If you found today's podcast to be intriguing and you are ready and ecstatic to come back for more on the next episode, please leave us a like, subscribe to this podcast, and share it with your family, your friends, your colleagues, anybody that would also additionally benefit from tagging along on this journey to accomplishing your human potential. We're excited to have you guys along and look forward to hearing from you on our social media platforms.